This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Why Is Everyone Yelling with Lindsay Hyde. I'm your host, Lindsay, and I'm so happy you're here today. Thank you for being here. This is a podcast for parents or anybody helping raise kids, and I hope you find a little bit of support and community through this podcast. Connect with us on Instagram. We'd love to connect with you there. We are Why Is Everyone Yelling on Instagram. We also have a Facebook group. We'd love to have you join us there. Today, you're listening to episode 57, and my guest is Taria Butler. Taria is the mother of two. And she's the co-author with her husband, Tyrese, of the book, 2AM Parenting, The Highs and Lows of an Unexpected Diagnosis. So their son has type one diabetes. He was diagnosed at 18 months. And so Taria shares her story of walking through that. She shares what this process has been like years later, how she's still grieving, and how she leans on her faith when things feel hard. Taria also opens up about her own anxiety that came after this diagnosis and how she has really leaned on therapy to help her walk through that. Uh, Her and her husband, Tyrese, also have marriage workshops because as they walked through this unexpected diagnosis, they realized they needed to really prioritize their marriage through all this as well. So they have some great advice. She's also a big planner and organizer and sells planning sheets and organization tips on her website, 2amparenting.com. If you are walking through an unexpected diagnosis with one of your kids, whether that's type 1 diabetes or not, this episode will resonate with you. Hey, if you all are enjoying this podcast, if you could head over to iTunes or wherever you listen and leave us a rating and review That would be hugely helpful. That is one of the ways potential new listeners can find the show. Um, We're at 94 ratings and reviews right now, and I think we should be well over 100. So if you could leave us one, that would be just super appreciated. That is like one of the best ways you can support this podcast. Okay, friends, enjoy my conversation with Taria Butler. Well, today on Why Is Everyone Yelling, we have Taria Butler on the show. Welcome to the show, Taria. Thank you for having me. So happy to connect with you. Um, Too bad it happened after I moved from Indianapolis. Right? (laughs) I actually found Taria on the City Moms Instagram back in Indianapolis. We actually have two really great mom, kind of mom blog Instagrams in Indy, and that's City Moms and the and the Indianapolis Moms, and they're just both really great resource. How'd you get connected with City Moms? You know, City Moms, how did we connect? I think it was through Instagram, and um, Janine reached out to me. I did a workshop for the City Moms group. I did a journaling workshop because I'm One of my things that I talk about is journaling. Um, And then we realized we have a Michigan connection because she went to the University of Michigan. My husband went to the University of Michigan. So it just kind of has evolved. And that's been like over a year ago. So it's just kind of evolved from there. Where are you originally from? 
I am originally born and raised in Indy. Okay. Um, my my husband is well, but he went away to school. I only went to Ball State, so forty five minutes away. <laughs> okay, nice, nice. Um, okay, so tell us. Well, how did you and your husband meet? So funny story. We actually went to middle school together. Oh my gosh, I love it. <laughs> did you date we in middle school? Middle, but we did not date in middle school. He likes to tell this story. So when I turned 13, I got to have my first co-ed boy-girl birthday party. Uh-huh. And he was on the invite list because we were friends. Um, and we lived in the same neighborhood, but we did not date. So he always tells this story how, you know, he brought uh, bought me a card to my first birthday. And he was going to confess his love for me, but he didn't get to. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> So then we, um, after middle school, I ended up going to a different high school. And so we did not reconnect until later in our 20s um, at a bar. We're like cliche like that. What bar? Uh, <laughs> at um, Blue downtown. Okay. Yes. Um, I don't even know if it's still there. I don't, yeah, I don't but know we, of it. <laughs> we reconnected. Um in our 20s and then you know he was like I always liked you and all this and that and so uh, now here we are <laughs> that is so so good because you know like you grow up and every once in a while you think about those people that like you know were mm-hmm. kind of part of your life when you were so young and you're like I wonder what they were doing now did he like Facebook message you after that or how did you connect after the bar so after the bar he actually got my number and later that night he called or text and just wanted to make sure you got home safely Ah. you know and (laughs) yeah and then we just kind of started talking every day on the phone we went we had our first date was we went to a movie and then it just evolved from there oh so so good do you remember what movie yes it was um batman returns okay okay i know it was batman but i'm not sure if it was batman returns but i think that was it our my first movie, my first date with my husband, the movie was Wedding Crashers. I remember that. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. So, okay, one of the things, and your husband is—is is it Tyree? Tyrese. Tyrese. Um, one of the things you guys also do is marriage workshops, which I am super interested in. How you got interested in doing that? Maybe tell the story about you have two sons. How old are your sons? So they are seven and nine. Tate is our oldest. He's nine. Trace is our youngest. He's seven. Okay, nice. You're, so your older two are the same ages of my older two. Oh, cool. See, if you were still here, we would have definitely been able to be friends. I know. <laughs> the boys could have played and we could have had some wine on the yes, back porch. Exactly. <laughs> so tell us about the diagnosis when your son was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. So Trace was diagnosed. He was 18 months old. Oh, wow. So it's been in January, it will be six years. And so he, I had no experience with type one. I had no experience with the symptoms to look for any of that. So he was exhibiting um, some of the classic symptoms. And of course, now looking back, we see that. But um, extreme thirst is one of the major ones. He was exhibiting extreme thirst. Um, he was uh, wetting through his diapers a lot, like abnormally wetting through his diapers, soaking through his clothes, um, soaking through his bedding at night, lethargic, some vomiting. But I always say like being, you know, like a Google millennial mom, whatever. Um, 
I Googled and he was also teething. Mm. And so Google said teething can bring about extreme thirst. And then, of course, with thirst, you're going to wet your diaper, you know, so everything kind of made logical sense. So never thought type one was even anywhere on the radar. But the day he got diagnosed was the like it went from like zero to 100 as far as like his symptoms. He was so lethargic. He couldn't hold his head up. Oh, that's so scary. Um, Yes, he was so thirsty and I would give him something to drink and he was just guzzling and then he would just cry when it was gone. And but then he also couldn't even hold his head up to drink it. So I have a picture of him like laying on the on the carpet trying to drink out of his sippy cup because he's so thirsty, but he can't keep his head up. And I text my husband, I'm like, something is not right. Like, this is not normal. And so then he, you know, it's like, call the pediatrician. We called the pediatrician, talked to her nurse. And she was like, well, you could come in today. But she's at this location, which was in McCordsville. And her regular location um, that we would go to would be on Township Line Road, which was close to our home. And, or she said, or you can wait till tomorrow and she can see you on Township Line Road. And I was like, uh, no, I don't think I should wait. I'll just drive out there as long as you guys give me at least 30 minutes to get there because that's how long it's going to take. And just getting Trace dressed like he was in and out, like he was like, dr- like clothes, you know, when you're drowsy, like you can't you keep your eyes open. Um, that's what he was doing when I was just trying to rush and get him dressed. And I was waiting on my mother-in-law to get here. So we got there. The doctor, his pediatrician, immediately knew what to test for. She um, tested his urine, and we waited and waited and waited. Um, And then she came back, and she's like, don't panic. But as soon as somebody tells you not to panic, you automatically start panicking. Totally. (laughs) And she's like, Trace has um, type 1 diabetes. Um, His blood sugar is 1,000. Wow. You need to... You need to get him to the doctor. And when I look back on it, I'm like, why did they trust me to drive him to the hospital? Right. <laughs> because I was a mess. But she's like, you need to get him to the um, pediatric um, ER at Peyton Manny. They're going to, they're expecting you, you know, just get him straight there. Don't go home. Don't do anything. Just go straight there. And so I call my husband back and I'm hysterical. Oh. And so we get there and. They're waiting for him. They admit him. They immediately start hooking him up to everything. Their main goal is to try to get insulin in him to bring that blood sugar down. Because so then the doctor there at the ER said he's in about an hour or less from going into a coma. Uh, So we have to get as much insulin in him. We have to get him all hooked up. And by the time my husband got, I'm like, I like, I'm still not really sure what this all means like type one what does that mean so once we get through the emergency aspect of it um the next day we go into learning and that's when it I mean it was scary but that's when it really got scary like you have to give your child insulin every day all day to keep him alive Mm. or he will end up back here in this hospital He will. um, And so at the time of his diagnosis, what we now know more terms, but they were saying he's in DKA, diabetic ketoacidosis. Um, So DKA is deadly. And so they were like, if you this is what you have to do to take care of him or he will go into DKA, you will end up back here. 
and we're looking like what now like come again so that was the beginning of our journey we stayed in the hospital for three days wow learning how to take care of trace how to care for trace and we're almost six years in and we're still learning (laughs) um but that was the beginning of our journey as type one parents Trace's journey with type one. And then it was kind of like, like a a start over for our marriage and our family and everything. Like what it's like before diabetes and after diabetes and Mm -hmm. everything before diabetes no longer existed. Everything had to be new and changed and transformed. And we had to rethink how we parent Trace and our older child. We had to rethink how we communicate. We had to rethink how our relationship worked because now we have to keep our child alive, which that's all parents. That's what we're doing essentially every day. But this takes on a whole new meaning. Like we have to um, communicate. We have to be a team. We have to work together. Even when we are not liking each other, we have to still work together and talk to each other because this is a 24-7 thing that we have to do. Um, so that was the start of our journey. And that's kind of how we've gotten to where we are now. We wrote a book from that book. Um, that's where the workshops and everything came about. So, yeah. So this is your second son, right? This is your younger son. This is my, se- my youngest. Okay. Because mm-hmm. that's why your mother-in-law was coming over, I'm assuming, to stay with your older son. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay, that's what yes. I figured. I mean, 18 months is so young to be diagnosed. Very. My um, Very. sister-in-law was diagnosed with type 1 when she was like 10. And I mm-hmm. feel like a lot of times you do get the diagnosis as a child. But 18 mm-hmm. months is so scary because they're not really verbal yet. Not at all. And that's that was one of the hardest things because he was just starting to, you know, explore foods and um you know, we were starting to give him more, like, I think he had just started drinking like apple juice. Like we hadn't even given him like a lot of juice and stuff like that. Um, So that was the hard part too, because then he couldn't understand like, no, you can't have this or you can't have it right now because we have to test your, we have to test your blood sugar and then we have to give you insulin and then you can eat your snack, you know? And so that was very difficult because he wasn't very verbal and he was just learning to explore with foods and eating and getting treats and things like that. And people always, I know one of the big misconceptions is that it's caused by or brought on by eating too much sugar. And that's definitely not the case with type one. My son had never had much sugar other than, you know, the the natural sugars that you find in fruits and milk and things like that. But he had never had candy at that point. He had never had like milkshake or, you know, any of that stuff. Um, So that was a very hard part with him not being very verbal to talk to us and for him to understand. (laughs) Yeah. This is a weird question because obviously like um, when you get that diagnosis, it's so scary. But I wonder if you felt like any sense of relief knowing like at least we have an answer. Um, no, a, a little, but I honestly, honestly was thinking it was just going to be something that was like, okay, My, more give him some that. medicine. Yeah. Yes. He needs an antibiotic or yeah. give him some medicine and you may see him bounce back in two weeks. 
So getting the answer was a relief, but then knowing that this was lifelong and chronic, no. Yeah. I still with the grief of that to this day. Mm. Um, I still deal with that to this day. Like, I'm not going to wake up tomorrow and, oh, you know, the antibiotic kicked in and you're better. Like, that is not going to happen. You know, I think about this a lot with parents who have kids with food allergies, especially when they're really young, because it's like, um, man, when they're not under your care and they're with someone else and this is a, with your son with his insulin, it's like like they were 100 percent reliant on not eating the peanut making sure your son making sure uh-huh. he has to have his insulin and giving that like care over to someone else. Is that uh-huh. hard? Is that so hard to trust other people? Yes. 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 Because So at that point when Trace was diagnosed, I was not working. I was a stay at home mom because of the diagnosis and then realizing how expensive um, it was going to be because at the time, my husband's insurance, the job he worked for, they had the worst insurance ever. Ugh, so, um, so I decided to go back to work. And that was one, a major heart wrenching decision. Mm. Like I need to go back to work to help support our family's income. But this is a time where I shouldn't have to go to work mm. because my son needs me. Um, but I am blessed that my mother-in-law, she was retired at the time. And so she kept him a few days a week. And then he went to a daycare, um, the other two days a week, just for us to get used to someone else caring for him. But imagine being at work and you're getting calls at least every 45 minutes to an hour because he wants a snack or she needed to double check the insulin or his blood sugar is high and we don't know why, or his blood sugar is low or, and so you're, so then you're dealing with, okay, how can I work? And then I'm still managing his diabetes. And so that's kind of been our journey all this time. I have um, worked and tried to manage his diabetes. We've had some great caregivers um, and some great school nurses. We've had some not so great and we've had, some communication barriers and some issues we've had to deal with and people just not understanding, you know, you hear like, Oh, don't, you know, helicopter mom. Well, I'm a helicopter mm. mom for a reason. Mm. Cause this could be life or death. Um, so it has been a journey. And what we talk about in one of my chapters in our book, my anxiety that has come as a result of type one and having to manage Trace and his diabetes and having to manage, you know, working outside of the home and things like that. And it's so funny, like, so right now, so I've been in and out of working. My last job, I'm a, um, I'm a licensed school counselor here in Indiana. My last job was grant funded. And so Trace was going into kindergarten right at the end of that, um, at the end of that school, you're going into the next school year. So it was perfect timing. I was like, I'll just take a year off help him transition into kindergarten. At the time, there was a new nurse at the school who had never worked with pediatric diabetes or anything. So it was perfect timing. Um, Just this year, I went back to working part-time, two days a week. And then she just told me today that she had to put in her two-week notice. (laughs) I was like, oh, Uh, great. (laughs) The nurse. 
Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to have to train I'm another like, oh, nurse. Yes. I'm like, ah, oh, that's the only reason why I took a part-time job, because she finally was comfortable uh-huh. and able to really care for him. And it, my stress has gone down tremendously with her. And I'm like, oh, now you have to leave. <laughs> so, yeah. Hey, everybody, a quick break here to thank Prevenex for supporting this episode of the podcast. Prevenex is where I get all of my vitamins and supplements and protein powder. If you are looking for a vitamin, a multivitamin for yourself and for your kids, that's legit. You got to check out Prevenex. My kids love their vitamins. I have to stop my youngest, Sandy, because he always wants to eat like three or four of them. Their vitamins and supplements are clinically effective and they promote longevity, performance, and everyday health. The protein powder, Neurofi Plus, we love the vanilla here at my house. It is the cleanest, healthiest, best tasting, plant-based vegan protein powder available. It contains ultra healthy and balanced protein, carbs, and fat with comprehensive high quality micronutrients, probiotics, digestive enzymes, and more. I love their protein powder because it has all sorts of minerals and vitamins in it that other protein powders do not have. So we make smoothies with it every day pretty much at our house. And I just pack in the frozen fruit, the spinach, the kale, a scoop of the protein powder and water, and it's delicious. It's so good. Um, Check it out, Prevenex.com. Use the code Lindsay15 and that'll save you 15% off your order. That's Lindsay15, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y-1-5, and that'll save you 15% off your order. All right, back to the show. As you were talking about your anxiety that kind of stemmed from this diagnosis, I think oftentimes with anxiety, like, like it comes up on us and all these other factors in our life are just feeding into it and... Mm-hmm. Did you know, like, when you started experiencing anxiety, like, did you know that is where it stemmed from? Yes, I did. Because I never viewed myself as an anxious person. Like a, you know, everyone has those anxious anxious moments, right? But I never viewed myself as an anxious person. So when I started to feel anxious, I knew that it had to be tied to type one. But now knowing what I know, I have always like had some level of anxiety because I'm a I'm a type A personality, a planner, organized person. I want to try to control as much as I can. And those can be all aspects of anxiety or trying to, you know, not have too many surprise things happen in your life from what I know now. And so I could tie it to type one, but I never tied it to like that was me Mm -hmm. until I went to therapy um I thought it was just like I've become this because of type one and I know now like some of my personality is probably it's just been like you know just kind of there um and type one really just it just exploded but yes I could tie it to type one my anxiety leaving him in anyone's care um the anxiety of overnight, I was fearful, so fearful Mm. that every time I would walk into his bedroom, because 
there's a thing in the uh, diabetes community called dead in bed where sometimes people with type one kids with type one they um experience some sort of event at night and they just they pass away Mm. um and so I was always anxious about being the one to have to go in and wake him up or being the first person to go into his room, like just that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, I could, I I could definitely tie it to type one, but I now know that it's not just type one, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. That's a terrifying feeling. It is. To like try to sleep at night and that, I mean, I remember when my kids were newborns, I was terrified of SIDS. Yes. You know? Yes. I mean, mostly my my older two specifically. I think by the time I had my other ones, I was like a little bit more practiced. Mm-hmm. Um, but having type 1 diabetes, like that's like, you know, once your kid's 18 months, you're not scared of SIDS anymore. So you're like, you mm-hmm. feel like you're mm-hmm. through that. You're done with that. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be scared mm-hmm. about that anymore. And now you exactly. have this thrown on you. Exactly. You hit it right on because my first son, I remember when we brought him home from the hospital, I don't think I slept for like three days. It's so scary. Like, You're like, are you going to stop breathing? Is he breathing? Is he breathing? And that is exactly how it was. And so when Trace was diagnosed, that's where the 2 a.m. comes from. 2 a.m. Oh, okay, okay. We're told you have to check his blood sugar in the middle of the night at 2 a.m. Because you kind of want to get engaged for where he is in the middle of the night to try to avoid something happening while he sleeps. So we had to wake up at 2 a.m. every night. And there were some nights where I didn't hear my alarm. My husband would travel for work. I didn't hear my alarm. So I may not wake up until 3, 3.30. And I would just go into a panic. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I didn't wake up. Oh, my God. Is he okay? You know, and it is it's it is a very fearful crazy experience I can't imagine did you um is there a time or maybe he already has one that he becomes eligible to get like an insulin pump so he is now on a pump oh, cool. he, um so he's on a continuous glucose monitor um that monitor his blood sugar and we can see the readings we have an app we can see it on our phones oh that's um, nice. so he got yeah so he got that first we learned we learned about it, we were like oh yeah we need that because so nice. we're, we're we're not sleeping um so he got that first and then about six months later he got on a pump so he's been on the the cgm and the pump since he was about two and a half and so those have been tremendous game changers but the cgm it's gonna alert you low blood sugar high blood sugar you know so imagine now you're still getting like yep. you're getting alerts in the middle of the night. You're getting alerts when you're at work. <laughs> you're getting alerts when you're out on date night. Like <laughs> it's just alerting all the time. Yeah. And until he's like probably what, like 14 or, you know, right. Whatever age right. where you feel like he can manage this without exactly. me. It's always exactly. going to be there. Now you said you're still grieving the diagnosis. Um, Looking forward, what do you lean on to walk through that grieving process? So I'm I'm a Christian. My husband, we're both Christians. So I lean on my faith a lot. Like my faith is probably other than my husband, you know, support of my husband. Like that's probably the only thing that's really gotten me through. Mm -hmm. Um, And so and it's not a consistent grief, but it is just like those small reminders. Like when he 
went to summer camp a couple years ago. And so it's like, okay, your first summer camp, I can't drop him off like regular moms. I have to go through a whole dissertation (laughs) about how to care for him. And then I had to be available to come up there and make sure, you know, lunch and everything went okay because they didn't have people trained to take care of him. So it's, you know, I I grieve those things where I'm like, he won't get to, we won't get to experience Mm -hmm. those quote unquote, just normal growing up things. Like he's yet to go to a sleepover and, you know, we had COVID. So that took some of that away, but he's yet to go to a sleepover. I don't know when he'll go to a sleepover because then I have to lean on another mom to take over and do the things that I would do. Um, So it's just grieving those moments because we're still he's young so we're still experiencing a lot of firsts you know first time going to kindergarten first time going to summer camp first time being asked to a birthday party you know it's just all those firsts where it brings that grief back like front and center like I'm grieving what I thought like the life that I thought we would have or the life that he would have and it's not to say his life is going to be terrible like he can still do any and everything that another kid can do and we always try to tell him that but the steps that we have to take can be exhausting sometimes to make those things happen and so I find myself grieving that kind of stuff because you know even my older son my older son he has food allergies and he has asthma but The first few years of his life were, you know, we were hovering and, you know, making sure he was okay and people understood what he could and couldn't have. But now he's to a point where, yeah, you can go to a friend's house Mm -hmm. as long, you know, the parents know and he knows what he can have. But I feel like it'll be different um, with Trace in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I mean, it like being a parent is just hard in the sense that like it's just hard to get everybody's (laughs) shoes on and get out the door to school on time let alone managing all of these other steps you have to take in just daily life I mean daily getting ready it's hard yes yes absolutely and you have all these extra pieces yes I keep a little um note card by the garage door where we go out for school days do you have your backpack do you have your water bottle because even before COVID like he had to have a water bottle at all times for you know if his blood sugar is high do you have your diabetes pouch do you have you know like do we have everything because don't want to forget something that you may that will really be a need for that day um, so yeah, it, it, it is being a mom is hard, period. <laughs> I need a chart like that. I say that all the time. I've been saying that for years and I still don't have one. I mean, it's like, you know, your mask now, you know, every little thing like check, mask. check, check. Yes. Yes. Mask is mask are on there. And then now it's water bottle for the oldest because now everyone has to bring a water bottle snacks. If you want to snack, like, it's just like a long list on this little bitty postcard yes it's like works though like check it off before you go I don't know why I always say that okay so then we're gonna go two other ways with this conversation one we're gonna talk about the marriage uh workshops and like what you've learned with your marriage through all this but then two um speaking of those uh postcards you gotta like school us a little bit on getting organized (laughs) (laughs) um so let's first do marriage um you know, you, you mentioned earlier, like 
there was before the diagnosis and after the diagnosis. Mm -hmm. What have you learned about marriage through all of this? So our um, workshop, we center it. Well, it's, we titled it Marriaging. So I, I know I made up a word, I but marriaging, <laughs> marriaging through the, through the unexpected. Right. And so what we realized with Trace and so many other things that have happened in our marriage, like we've experienced job loss. We've experienced a miscarriage. My husband's mom passed away two years ago. Like we've experienced some other things. And what, but what with Trace, we realized like when we're dating, we don't really talk about like, how will you handle mm-hmm. how will we handle these things we know that life is crazy we know that things happen but we don't really think they're gonna happen or we think we'll be more equipped maybe um so that's kind of where the workshop came about is us reflecting back and I always tell people we're not perfect we are still on this journey with you but we want to kind of teach or help people learn some of the things that we've learned because life is crazy and something unexpected will happen. Mm -hmm. Now, the depth of the unexpected maybe is different for everybody. You know, job loss is a little bit easier to handle than a chronic illness or the death of a parent, but something will happen and people deal with things differently. So how can we kind of lay a new foundation of to deal with these things? How can we make sure that we know how to communicate and we're checking in with one another? That's one thing Tyrese and I had to learn to do with Trace because I'm running on autopilot, he's running on autopilot and we're experiencing these emotions, but we kind of like feel bad to say it. Like for a long time, I didn't want to say I was grieving because I felt bad. Like he didn't die. So why am I grieving? Mm-hmm. And But then I realized, and the therapist helped me realize, but you're grieving other things. You know, you're grieving how you thought your marriage would be. You're grieving how you thought his life would be. And so even with Tyrese and I, we had to learn to say, okay, we have, we got to check in with each other because I'm experiencing stuff. You're experiencing stuff, but we were too, I don't know, embarrassed or felt bad that we felt this way. And so we didn't want to share it. Um, so that those are some of the things that we want to just help people learn to do or equip themselves to do in our workshops. And if you can do it before the unexpected happens, then you can probably be a little better off. Um, Like Tyrese and I, you know, we are blessed that we haven't experienced a conversation of divorce or anything like that. But I know, and I've heard a lot of people talk about or go through divorce after a child has been diagnosed with an illness or, you know, after a parent caring for a parent or whatever the case may be. So how can we equip ourselves and help equip others to, you know, increase that communication or lay a new foundation to communicate and be vulnerable? That's one thing for me. It's so hard for me before to be vulnerable. Um, And then just rethinking intimacy, just rethinking connection, rethinking date nights. Like Tyrese and I, a lot of our date nights, pre even before COVID, had to be at home because we only had so many, like two people, two to three people who could care for Trace. And if those two people are busy, we have no other options. 
So just rethinking things like that. So that's kind of what we talk about. And that's how the workshop came about, because this is truly what Tyrese and I have experienced. And we kind of talk about it a little bit in our book. And so we thought the book was so unexpected. We never set out to write a book. And so when we shared our story and people, we've talked to different people, we thought, okay, so from this book, we can kind of use that to piggyback on. So I talk about journaling. We talk about our marriage. We talk about self-care. We talk about relationship care and therapy. Like, how can we help people, um, you know, with on these topics? So that's kind of where the workshop comes about. Was it hard for you to decide to go to therapy? It wasn't. No, because I had an anxiety panic attack. Okay. And that's when I knew, okay, I need to talk to somebody. I had thought about it, but you know, it's like, I don't have time. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we had this whole layer of caring for Trace and my husband travel at the time. Like, when will I have time to do this? But one night we didn't have a sensor traces for Trace's CGM. Um, I had forgot to reorder or I thought that they were going to be, you know, arriving. And so I went in full panic mode. I actually, my mind was telling me because I didn't make sure we had this, this would be the night that Trace dies because Mm -hmm. we don't have the, the alerts. And so I went in full and my husband's like, yeah. So we talked about it. He was like, yeah, I agree. It's probably about time. And that's when I knew, okay, it's time. So it wasn't hard, but it was hard trying to just make myself find the time, I guess. But once that happened, I was like, yeah, I need to talk to somebody for sure. Are you glad you did? I'm absolutely glad I did. Absolutely glad I did. Um, She opened my eyes to a lot. She helped me. Like I said, she helped me understand my grieving and that it's okay. Um, The type of grief that I'm experiencing, she helped me with that for sure. She helped me with, um, you know, my self-talk and just like not being so hard on myself um, about different things where I'm like, oh, I should have did this or I should have did that. Or like, I can't control every single thing. But being a type one mom, you feel like you have to control so many things. Um, so, yes, I, I yes, 100 percent. Yes. And I tell everybody, go to therapy. I actually need to resume my therapy with COVID and everything. We hadn't done it, um, but I need to resume. But yes, absolutely. Yes. I'm trying to get my husband to do it as well. Yeah. And I mean, I know there are options now um, that make it easier, especially with COVID. Yes. Um, I mm-hmm. hear ads for better help all the time. I mm-hmm. think that a lot of people's fear and one of my fears with therapy is that like, well, the time thing for sure. And just finding the right person. Like, yes. like, I don't, you know, like, I don't want to deal with having to date my therapist and like, you know, it being exactly. the wrong person, but it's, I know that exactly. it's worth it. Exactly. And that was hard. Cause you're like, Okay, you you gotta go through who who will take your insurance, right? And so then you're scrolling through names and pictures, like how am I supposed to pick? <laughs> yeah, like who's gonna be the person that is gonna be a good match for me? Because I'm sure there are people exactly. that aren't. Exactly. So I will say, I just I there were I there were I narrowed it down to two, and I called and talked to both, and it was something about this lady that I just picked her, and it worked. Mm. Um. I, I don't even remember what it was. Maybe it was the, her tone of voice. I don't know. But um, 
But yeah, it's definitely hard. Like, how do you pick a therapist or an OB or, you know, anybody yes. just, by, just by name? <laughs> oh, I'm telling you what I so we just moved from Indy to Raleigh and um, I have to do like uh, checks on my ovaries every six months. And I have been going to the same doctor for 10 years. And I'm like, the thought of finding a new OB here mm-hmm. is just like gives me so much anxiety of like ex- like telling them all of my history and all the things. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I just scheduled my six month for when we're in town for Christmas because I was like, I'm just going to go back to her. <laughs> and like, we. I mean, eventually I'm going to have to figure this out and get a doctor here. But I thought I'm just going to save myself the stress and anxiety of a new one and just it's go so back. Hard. It yeah. is so hard. Yeah. Hey friends, a quick break here to let you know that the Donna Marathon weekend is coming up and I hope that you will consider joining me for the half marathon or the marathon or there's a 5k that weekend. It's in Jacksonville, Florida, the weekend of February 6th. It is so much fun and it supports breast cancer survivors, those walking through a breast cancer diagnosis and also funds groundbreaking research. I'm going to be there with my whole family and we're going to have a meetup. It's going to be super fun. I'm doing the half marathon. You can go to breastcancermarathon.com. Use the code Lindsay10, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y-1-0, and that'll save you 10% off any of the Donna Marathon weekend races. I hope to see you there. Okay, back to the show. Okay, so... Clearly, you've mentioned you're like type A personality, like you like to be super yes. organized and stuff. So clearly with the type one diagnosis of your son, like that probably played into like, I really need to get organized. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So tell us, uh-huh. give us some advice on like your journaling and organization and like, where can we start if we feel like we're a hot mess? <laughs> so let me I'll, let me put the disclaimer out there. I am a huge like organizing person, like organizing brings me joy. Mm. Um, so I put that out there that I know that's not everybody's story. Um, and I actually used to, um, a best friend and I, we had an organizing company. Um, that's that's how much I love it. (laughs) But even if you're not like for me, I keep a planner and I'm super crazy about my planner. Like everything goes in the planner. But even if you're not a crazy person like me, just even having like a a planner, if you're like to write or if you just are someone that, you know, has it in your phone. But even just having a simple calendar and maybe a simple to do list, I think that helps tremendously, at least getting started on being organized. Like, what are some things that I need to do this week or this day? And looking at your calendar, brain dumping. I love brain dumping where you literally just get a piece of paper or even your phone and you just, everything that pops in your head, just get it out of your head. I love that. And yes, just get it out of your head and you'll, you know, it may be some things you need to do, some goals, some, Oh, I want to eat Chick-fil-A tomorrow. You know, whatever the case may be, just get it out of your head. And then once you've done your brain dump, then start to take a step forward, like, okay, and kind of organize. These are my to do's. These are some of my want to do's. Um, These are just some random thoughts or goals or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, But it definitely, you know, 
not everybody is going to be like super crazy organized person like me. And I understand that. But doing some of those, having a calendar, a to list and just giving your to do list and giving yourself time to brain dump at least daily. Um, I think that's a good start. I um, love that. As far as organizing your life and your family. Um, now, home organization, um, if that's what, you know, just a couple tips about that. Just finding a place for everything. It may not be the cutest. It may not be Pinterest worthy, but start there. Finding a place for everything. And then you will kind of see what some of your needs are around your home. Like maybe I don't need, um, you know, 15 pairs of shoes by the front door, mm -hmm. you know, whatever the case is. Um, but finding a place for everything and then evaluating if you know if those systems work um so that's kind of what i do often because i'm a nerd like that but <laughs> are we ever going to get away from like constantly having nine million pairs of shoes by the front door oh my goodness i mean it is a constant no. battle yes and i deal with that even myself my husband wants to leave every yeah shoe every pair he owns by the no no. no, you get one. I tell I I, you get no. one pair by the door, guys. One pair. Goodness, yes. And if you're not wearing it, take it up and bring the next pair down. You know, so yes. that is, yeah. Even me, I'm a, like I, I'm an organized person. I deal with that with my own family. So I yes. usually I'm bad. I usually have two myself, but then tell everybody else that you only have one because <laughs> I have my running shoes, and then I have like whatever, like if they're my flip flops or like my sneakers, yes. like my stylish sneakers mm -hmm. or whatever. I usually have the two pairs by the door, but I'm like kicking everybody else's shoes out. <laughs> I'm like, you guys are young. You can run up to your room back and forth. Yeah, back and forth. exactly. Exactly. But again, it's okay. Just find a good spot for them. Find a good system. If you have a closet or a mud room, you know, just making it neat and tidy and finding a system. It's okay to have shoes by the door or have a junk drawer, things like that, but make it kind of a little more organized so that it can truly serve its purpose. Yeah, I just bought a shoe rack for our closet um, that's like by the front door. But I, I bought uh -huh. it from the container store. I went in there to pick it up and I just walked around the aisles thinking, oh my gosh, this is so overwhelming. I want all the things, but I don't even know how I would organize with it. Yes. And that's my favorite store. It's so, oh, my gosh. oh, it's so, it's so addicting. And then I'm like, I want to buy all these like drawer organizers, but I don't, but I almost like I need to bring the drawer and like lay them all out to see exactly how they fit mm -hmm. in the store. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. do you have an item that you're like, like an organization item that you're like, I can't live without this? Ooh, I'm a bin person. So I guess it's not a specific item, but I will bin around my entire house. Mm -hmm. Like I have bins for everything. I just like how stuff can be corralled into one thing. And then if I need to move it or it's just easy. So I have bins in the pantry. I have bins in our closets. I have bins in our bathroom vanities. Like I'm just a bin person. So a plastic or like an acrylic clear bins are really good because you can see the contents. Um, so I don't think it's one specific person. I'm just a bin person. I like things to be corralled into something and it just makes it easier to move around or to see what you need to sort, you know, mm -hmm. so. Yeah. What do you put your cleaning supplies in? 
like under your that do you like I have a little tote under my kitchen sink that I put my cleaning supplies in so I have a bin (laughs) (laughs) I have a clear I have some clear bins from um they're actually called multi-purpose bins so they're plastic from container store okay and they have like three or four different sizes so you can kind of fit them um get the sizes that fit and so I mean like large like spray bottles and things like that because just stand upright in them and you just pull it out when you need it and slide it back in okay we're gonna need a picture of that for the show notes yes of your system yes. <laughs> um okay so is the book out is your book out yet the book is yes the book is out the book has been out we actually which you know it was COVID. we um our book came out right at the beginning of COVID. okay so that was the whole thing but yes the book oh, is sure. out it is on amazon um, 2 a.m. parenting, the highs and lows of an unexpected diagnosis. And then I also have a journal. It's um, 2 a.m. journal, a journal for your late night, early morning thoughts. So they can kind of go together or they can be used separately, but they're both on Amazon. I love that, too, because any mom is, has late night thoughts. Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, I'm thinking of like, yes. I'm, I'm thinking of all those years that, I spent with the newborns, you know, right up middle of the night, nursing or bottle feeding and you're just up. Yes, exactly. I remember my mother-in-law said to me, she's like, I, when I've had my first baby, she said, um, I always just felt like I was the only person in the world awake at mm-hmm. that time, you know, when mm-hmm. I was up with my kids mm-hmm. and it really truly is like, you know, some moments you like relish and like, Oh my gosh, you know, newborn smell, whatever. But some moments you're just like, I'm the only person in the world awake right now. And it's Uh very lonely. Uh It is. It is. And especially if you're having those, you know, thoughts like, is the baby breathing? You know, you kind of think you're the only person that's up thinking like this or, you know, so yes, yes, totally. I'll tell you what, though, I I did some some of my best online shopping at two in the morning, uh, (laughs) feeding babies over the years. Like, and then I'll come in the middle and be like, I must've been half asleep when I ordered that jumpsuit. Yes. Yes. That has happened to me too. Target. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Target.com. Um, okay. So let's wrap up with end of the podcast questions here. What is something professionally or personally that you would like to do that you haven't done yet? So I, one of my dreams, and again, this goes to my planner uh, personality. I have some planner printables and inserts um, on an Etsy shop because they kind of tie into type one in the book and everything. Um, But my dream would be to just have like my own planner to sell. I think that would be, I think that would be cool to just design and just have a planner that people buy. Like, yeah. It's, yeah, it's so nerdy. No, it's awesome. I mean, I'm always looking for the perfect planner because it's like some of the calendars are too big. Some of them are too Uh small. Is Uh there a, is there a to-do list? Like there are so many pieces. Exactly. Yes. Yes. And there's so many planner shops and companies now that I kind of like, like, is it too, you know, is it too saturated? But. I still feel like, but I may have something that somebody else is looking for. And that would just be a, a dream just to do that. So I'm trying to talk my husband into like, how can we make this work? Because he is the, 
he's the more business minded person that kind of helps me focus mm-hmm. and get so I'm like how can we make this work so it may come to fruition I love that and you know I think that that is the perfect example of like I think we all have that fear like is it too saturated you know it's like mm-hmm. Is, is, do they need me? Like when I started this parenting mm-hmm. podcast, I'm like, there's 9 million parenting podcasts. Like, <laughs> do we need another parenting podcast? But mm-hmm. you have a gift that somebody else creating a planner doesn't exactly. have the same gift exactly. that you have. Mm-hmm. So, exactly. Exactly. Do it. <laughs> I'm cheering you. for you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, what is the best, most recent book you've read? Oh my gosh. So I'm embarrassed to say I love, or I should say love past tense. I am a huge reader. I love to read, but I honestly have not read a book in probably five years. (laughs) You've had a lot going on. (laughs) I am, but I'm kind of like an all or nothing. And so Mm -hmm. I need to get past that. Like I want to sit down with a book and like get lost Mm -hmm. in the book. And I feel like if I can't do that, like if I don't have several hours to get into it, then I'm like all or nothing. Oh, I'm not going to start a book. But I have some that I want to start, but I just have it. So this this is going to motivate me to do it. Do it. Actually. Yeah. I need to write this down. But yeah, I haven't gotten into it. But I like like crazy romance, drama <laughs> type stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I feel that too. I'm like... if. If I get into a rhythm with it, if I can get into a mm-hmm. rhythm where I'm like, oh, I can mm-hmm. sneak 10 minutes here, sneak 10 minutes here, then I can really get going. But you mm-hmm. just got, it's like mm-hmm. you got to get started. That's totally it. Yes, yes, yes. And that's what I was like, I'm going to get started. Like that is going to be one of my goals before the end of 2021 to get started. What about a book for kids? Or did you guys have any books that like really helped you or your son walking through the diagnosis? So we didn't. Um, that's the, there is a book now. Um, Shia Shia learns. I hope I'm saying this right. Um, that is about a little girl who's learning about insulin. She has type one. Oh, cool. Um, that I found on Instagram, and I need to. Um, it's actually on my to do list to order for Trace, and she is a a black girl, so which I like as well. Um, but we haven't. We didn't have a lot of the books when Trace was first diagnosed, like there was one that has like, like a monkey or whatever. Um, they didn't have actual kids, mm. you know, people. That's kind of weird. I'm seeing that. Yeah. But a lot more books are coming out in these last few years. Um, so that was one that I know that I have on my list to order for Trace. So anybody wanting to learn about uh, type one, I think that would be a very good one. I've looked at it online on Instagram and everything about it. I just need to order it. Um, I believe it's Shia Learns. Shia Learns about insulin. Um, that's a really good one. Or that's what I've heard. I've heard a lot of good reviews on that one. But no, we didn't have a ton Um when Trace was diagnosed. So we were kind of just Googling and <laughs> yeah, yeah. thank God for Google. <laughs> yeah. Thank God. What did I was thinking about this the other day? I'm like, what did our parents do? Or I was dry. You know, I always have my maps on right? in this new city that we're living in. And I'm like, what would I have done? Cause I remember right. when I got my first job out of college, um, we, you know, we didn't have like GPS on our phones yet. And I had to mm-hmm. drive around to all these different community centers and I had ba- a folder with MapQuest directions for the each Map community Quest. center. Yes. yes. And you <laughs> really had like... to look at this white piece of paper and like <laughs> see where you're going. 
Yes, I remember Mac. Like, yeah, it makes you like, how did we live? (laughs) (laughs) It it is too easy. It is too easy to do anything. Um, Okay. Well, do you have a trip or like a activity or somewhere that you have really enjoyed doing with your family? I think our favorite trip, we went to Disney World uh, three years ago. And the preparation for a trip I can't is imagine. insane. Disney too. But getting there and it like the kids, it was their first time, first time on a plane, first time everything. I really just love when I see the expression on my kids. Like you can like literally see the joy on their face and they had a ball. Mm. So I would say that's probably our favorite or most memorable um, trip. But my dream trip, I would like to, I keep asking my husband, can we do this? Like, I want to do like a, get like a luxury camper, like thing and like just drive across the country and like have like stop at different places. And he's just like, no. (laughs) (laughs) But that's something I would love to do. I think the bathroom thing with the RV trip is the only thing I'm like, um, would that get gross? I don't know. Yeah, well, that's why I look. That's why I'm like, a luxury camper would be like, wouldn't it be nicer? Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I really don't even. I haven't reached. I like. I have no idea what it entails. Uh-huh. What this? Any? It just sounds adventurous. Like, and I you don't can know, rent them. But, I think. Yes. Yeah. But he's like, no. He'll be the one doing all the driving. Uh-huh. He's, like, he's like, no. We went to North Carolina for um, fall break about two weeks ago. And he already said, when we go back, we're flying. Like, I don't want to drive. Like, goodness. I am getting used to that drive, though, man. Because there's no direct flight from Indy to Raleigh right now, which is really frustrating. But I know, like, six to eight hours would be a lot better than, like, 10 to 11. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he didn't like it. (laughs) Um, Okay, what is your last message to leave with our audience? Oh, Life is hard. Life is hard. We're going to experience unexpected things. But I think um, how we take care of ourselves, nurture ourselves through those unexpected things, that's what's going to like get you through. So practice that self-care, um, make time for yourself, go easy on yourself. And then if you are married or in a relationship, um, you know, practice that relationship care and nurture that relationship as well. And then the heart gets just a little bit better. Just a little bit. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This was fun. All right, friends. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you, Taria, for coming on the show. You all can find Taria. She is 2AM Parenting over on Instagram and her website is 2AMParenting.com. You can find this podcast on Instagram. We are Why Is Everyone Yelling? You can find me personally on Instagram. I'm lindsayhines626. We'd love to connect with you there. This podcast is part of the Sandy Boy Productions podcast network. So follow along with Sandy Boy Productions on Instagram as well to learn more about the rest of the shows in the network. All right, friends, thanks for being here. Have a great week and we will see you next week on Why Is Everyone Yelling?